Coming to you live. Live. And podcasting around the globe. You're listening to the Deal Farm Podcast. Guaranteed to tickle your real estate loving ear holes. And now, here's your host, world-renowned TV heartthrob and investor extraordinaire, Ken Corsini. Hey, this is Ken Corsini with the Best Deal Ever Show, and on today's episode, I am joined by Nancy Wallace-Lobbs. Nancy, how are you doing? Hey, great, Ken. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be on your show. Yeah, thrilled to have you here. So you are in, you're probably like us right now because you're in Dallas. We're in Atlanta experiencing like record temperatures right now. What about oh, you? Oh my gosh. You know, today was the first day it actually got down. I think it's only going to be 80, supposed to have a little rain, but it has just been sweltering. Oh, right? it's been so hot. It's been every day this week in Atlanta, we have broken a heat record every day. Yeah. And it's like October. Yeah. It's like, what's, we're in the 90s. What's going exactly. on? Exactly. I'm like ready for it to be over right. so much. It's been nuts. <laughs> well, hopefully that hasn't affected real estate for you. Talk no, you know, we're like, an, like Atlanta, Dallas is a hot market too. Very competitive. Yeah. Yes, Very I can imagine. You know, we, we obviously things cool off a little bit towards the end of the year, but right now I feel like, you know, our, our agents at our brokerage are still just crushing it right now. What about you mm-hmm. guys? Yep. No, we're doing well. And uh, lots of, you know, the higher end homes aren't selling. They're still selling not as fast. Yep. Uh, you know, my challenge more than anything is like finding all of those good deals, like every other real estate investor out there. Yep. So we're just pounding the pavements. Um taking advantage of those expired listings, you know, there that you kind go. of thing. I noticed a couple of days ago, like over 800 uh, just wow. for the day came up. So, you know, something's happening, right? You can so. feel it. Yeah. Days on market <laughs> in Atlanta, for sure. Especially if you're above, you know, like entry level right now, it's yes. just, houses are sitting. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, so interesting, yeah. interesting market for sure. Now talk to us for a minute about kind of what your business model looks like. So we, uh, we focus strictly on real estate investing. Uh, I have a boutique property management company. I don't do a lot of the traditional real estate because I feel there's a need for, um, basically, uh, I have a lot of realtor friends. I get referrals from that. They bring me houses. They can't sell. They can't stick them on the MLS. You know, they're hoarder homes. They're vacant. They need tons of repairs. Yep. So we have found a niche just for that. Uh, we, I'm doing in a couple of weeks, I'm doing a Oh, the whore, the scary home to a group of realtors. Um, you know, they walk in and they don't know what to do with it. So, um, and then owner financing, uh, we started doing some owner financing deals last year. And I love yeah. that because yeah. my model and what I'm passionate about is affordable housing. And yep. there's like 51% of the people here in Dallas rent, uh, not because they want to, uh, but you know, they can't, they're self-employed. They can't go yep. get the traditional mortgages. So. Interesting. Now, just curious, in uh, Texas, I'm assuming it's non-judicial foreclosure. Does that mean it's uh, so you don't have to like friendly? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> owner friendly. So you don't have to like go through the whole court process to foreclose on something. Well, so. you do. I mean, fortunately, we've never we put everybody through an RMLO process, and so I have not, knock on wood, had to yeah. do that. Um, but our foreclosure laws are very friendly, as opposed to maybe New York or Florida. Right. You know, you can get within six months, uh, offer cash for keys. Um, so, you know, I think I would be very hesitant to buy, uh, an owner finance property in Florida because I've heard it takes like three years and tens of thousands of dollars to get them out. So exactly. Yeah. Florida's judicial and you just figure Texas, eh, it's probably going to be landlord friendly. You know what they say, don't mess with Texas. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's pretty, it's fairly red. So that makes sense. (laughs) So how long have you been in business? 
So coming up like uh, a little over 15 years, we, oh, wow. um, we lived in the Phoenix area. And when the housing market was going insane there, my husband and I just quit our, we were, uh, we weren't in real estate at the time. We just said, Hey, like, look how much money we can make off of our house. And we'd lived in it for about eight years. So we literally quit our jobs, took a leap of faith and moved here to Texas. Wow. And you landed yeah, right there started, in Dallas, Fort Worth. Yep. And we just, um, we're both from the Midwest and we liked, uh, Texas. It has the great climate, good schools. Yeah. Um, and that's how we started our real estate, uh, career. Cause after that I was like, dang, this is great. So, and have not looked back. I mean, it was scary, but from the start to finish, we put our house on the market. We knew it would sell right away and it did multiple offers. Um, within, uh, three weeks we sold, moved to Texas. Well, 15 years ago, then you got out of Phoenix in the nick of time, it sounds like. The very next month, boom, it started to tank. Wow. Very next day. Wow. Yeah. And again, I want to say that that was a leap of faith because I didn't know anything. I just, you know, I was kind of stupid greedy because I was yeah. like, dang, look how much we saw how houses were flipping in our um, And we just lived in a regular house. Uh, we started looking for another house to move to, actually. And you could, for what we already had, we had a four bedroom, two and a half story home. And for what we already had, uh, the prices were outrageous, you know? Wow. So we were like, wow, are people really paying this much money for houses? Yeah. Yeah, they were. So. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. in Texas, obviously in the last 15 years, Texas has been an amazing place in terms of real estate. Yeah. So when we got here, uh, they had not quite recovered yet. So we were able to buy rental properties that we still have to this day at a very, I mean, most of our rental portfolio has doubled in appreciation over the last, you know, 10, 13 years. Um, wow. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yay. Yeah. Uh, but I also, but you know what else I inherited with that is huge property taxes. Cause we have, we don't have state income That's tax right. here, yeah. have property taxes. And so you really have to, especially if you're trying, we don't, we're not buying rentals right now because it's hard to make them cash positive because yeah. the market has gone up so crazy yep. and uh, the property taxes, it's almost impossible. I mean, rents have gone up, but we're starting to see kind of a stabilization of the rents, uh, mm -hmm. you know, not so high, but there was a three bedroom, two bath house that, you know, 10 years ago I was renting for a thousand dollars and today I'm renting it for 1800. Holy I know. cow, so your rents have really, see, we haven't, yeah. we've seen slight increases in rent, but nothing like that in Atlanta. Yeah, and That's it crazy. depends on the area, not all areas. Uh, the particular house I was talking to, it's landlocked in Plano, Texas, okay. and Plano has great schools. Uh, we happen to have a couple rental properties in that neighborhood that we bought, and I remember, we bought them when they were really cheap to buy, and they were yeah. easy to cash flow. Um, we bought a house, uh, in another area of Collin County for like $62,000 today. That house is worth two thirty. Man, crazy. Right. And I've had this, but here's the thing. I've had the same tenant in there for about seven years. So when they first go in, they're at one rate. So some of our tenants that have been longtime tenants, we've had to basically kick them out, redo because they can't afford the higher rent. Yeah, you know right. I mean? You but got it at some it's point. It's a trade-off. Yeah. It is. But yeah. then I, I also inherited huge property taxes. Huge. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, They're you kind of have to rethink. Yeah. So, so right now market. we're not buying any rentals. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you do a lot of fix and flip. Is that right? What does that sort of business look like for you? What sort of volume are so you guys doing? We, you know, we haven't done as many this year um, because of the contractors. So contractors oh. are hard to keep around. So after Harvey in Houston, yeah. a couple oh. of years ago, we just saw 
all of the contractors headed over to Houston because yep. they got work and there was a lot of work. Yep. So, you know, all contractors have a shelf life. Now I feel a little fortunate since my property management company, I have had vendors for a really long time. Um, but it's hard to keep them focused. And, yeah. um, so a lot of my investor friends are, are struggling with, um, contractors right now, yep. getting good ones, uh, getting ones that show up and things yep. like that. So it's amazing how a hurricane or a disaster will suck I, all of the labor from like a state or two over into, into kind of that, that zone. Well, and then you've also had the increase in supplies, you know, That's right. concrete, yep. drywall. I mean, everything has gone up. So because of our market, what we've shifted to more of is the owner financing because you can actually buy a home and you don't have to do all. I mean, we make sure the major systems work, you know, foundation, roof and all that. Yep. But you don't have to go in there and put granite countertops. And, That's true. you know, we've sold houses. Um, you know, we didn't do anything to except clean them out. Yep. So you have a little bit more flexibility. You have to keep them. It's a little bit more strategic. Um, and that's worked great. That's, yep. that's been a really good uh, model. So I think in real estate investing, you kind of have to go with the flow. You can't, yep. you know, if my model was just flip, uh, I probably wouldn't have even time to do this because i got to be running around, you know, checking the contractors. So this year, even I had problems with contractors that I've never had before. So wow. Yeah. 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 Well, in, a, in, a, in an up market, there's a lot of activity, especially if there's a you know a hurricane zone. It's hard. It's hard to keep a good contract. Well, and here's another little thing. Uh, you know, the, we have a lot of new newbie investors, and yeah. so if uh, you know, you can't blame these guys if somebody else is going to pay them, you know, two three two or three thousand dollars right. more than what you're going to pay them because yeah. you know more what you're doing. Uh, you know, those guys are going for the money. You know, absolutely. So unfortunately, uh, so it just. Rather than dealing with the headache, I said, hey, owner finance, I have a, I have a small crew that can help me with those houses and we can turn them very fast. Yeah, because it doesn't need a lot of work. It's yeah. funny, I was literally right before we jumped on this, I'm, we're looking at entertaining an offer right now for seller financing. Not because we want to keep the paper, which most people do, but because it was just an extra tool in our tool bag. It was a house that's sitting. It's not selling. We're like, we got to get this thing off the books. Let's offer seller financing. Well, as yes. soon as we do that, guess what? Phone calls start coming in. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, yeah, we haven't done, we've kept all of our paper so far. Um, and when you start, I think as you're a real estate investor, you start learning, like you say, all the tools in your tool belt, what you can do here, what you can do there. And there's so many more strategies that have, go along with owner financing. So yep. we're getting ready to sell our first note, but we also had to learn how to structure the note so that you keep a small portion of it and you that's sell right. the other part, pay off, you know, so there's, yeah. and that's exciting because I, I yeah. love learning new things and like, oh, wow, you can make money doing this and you can do that. And as the market shifts, I think as real estate investors, we have to shift too with it and we have to find that right uh, tool to pull out so that, uh, you know, we're still doing what we love to do, yep. you know, buying houses, you know, making homes great again for people and that kind of thing. So you are a hundred percent right. And I think any investor that's in the space right now needs to be prepared to adapt because the market is shifting right underneath yes. us. Yes. So, yes. Great so. way of putting it. So now in your uh, last 15 years there in Dallas, Fort Worth, is there one deal in particular that stands out as your best deal ever? Oh my gosh. Yes. And the, it's my best deal ever because of the return on my invest, uh, investment. So like I'm going to, okay. I, I have talked a little bit about this uh, in uh, some other avenues, but I, you know, we we're a small shop. I'm not, you know, bigger pockets and all these other, you know, it's just, us three. Hey, you're on bigger pockets now. You're there now. You made it. <laughs> well, yay. <laughs> uh, but as far as a marketing budget, right? Yeah, right. So uh, we, we mail to distressed owners, you know, uh, 
landlords, out-of-state owners, or whatever. So I'm just going to show your audience this little, cool. this very homemade card. Nice. <laughs> you know, uh, I had it printed up. I, I purchased a list and uh, did a mailing. <clears throat> and what so, list did you buy, uh, just out of curiosity? So we bought the... Um, out of state owner list. Good. And then we target, you know, different zip codes. So this happened to be in Fort Worth. Um, so uh, this guy called me and uh, he said, you know, I got your card in the mail and, you know, I have this house. And so generally I, I start asking them, well, you know, tell me a little bit about the house. So it turns out it had been in his family for 40 some years. Oh my goodness. He actually grew up in the house and um, it was just a two bedroom one bath, a little tiny house over in the historic district of Fort Worth. Okay. So we talked a little more and he told me about his family because who do people do business with? They do business with people they like, yep. know, and trust. Yep. So my thing is always to kind of, you know, start bonding, you know, in those few first minutes of the phone call. Yep. So, you know, I found out all about his family, all about his parents, you know, and we hadn't even really talked about the house yet. So what he told me was that I wasn't the only investor that had contacted him. He traveled a lot and um, he got this card and his wife called him up and said, you got this card in this mail and it's time to do something with that house. That's why he called. So it was nice. just time. It Timing. wasn't the first yeah. one. Right. So we had a conversation for about 20 minutes. And since I'm a real estate broker, I did my due diligence, called him back and I made him an offer over the phone of $10,000. Holy Sight God. unseen in the property. How right? long ago was this? Uh, a year and a half ago. Yeah. It was like Picking maybe, a maybe like a year and, uh, not this past March, but the March before. Okay. <clears throat> and he said, um, okay. So I sent him the contract and, uh, you know, electronically yeah. and he signed it, got it back. We opened title and we found out that he had a few liens from the city in regards to, you know, the grass hadn't been mowed. I mean, his yeah. property taxes were all paid. So we closed went to the property and uh, and I also had found out during this process that the city of Fort Worth was getting ready to tear this house down. So I called the city and said, Hey, wow. I'm getting ready to buy this, you know? And at the time I wasn't really sure what I was going to do with it. Was I going to flip it? I wasn't sure. Yeah. So um, we close on the property. I go over to the property. Now it's all boarded up, you know, it's all boarded up. Yeah. So we tried to wholesale it and I was like, you know, I, I think we're just going to stick a sign in the yard. And we, stuck a handwritten sign in Spanish and English on one side. And within three days I had a buyer and I, I did list it on the MLS, uh, house for $50,000 owner finance. Come on. The best part is that my terms were 20% down and I'll finance it for 15 years. So I got my $10,000 back. So home is free and clear. I'm owner financing 40,000 at 10%. Goodness out of my gracious. IRA. <laughs> oh, so wait, so you bought the house with your IRA to begin with? Yeah. So we when we looked at how much we were we had a um, so I'm like been a self employed person forever. Um, my husband has a four hundred one k. So we opened up at Quest Trust Company here uh, a Roth IRA. You know, and it had I mean because of our age and all that we can only put so much money in. We and it had thirteen thousand dollars in it. Okay. So um, I said, hey, I'm going to use this IRA. And I you know called him and said, can I do this? So yeah. I bought the house with the IRA, super easy process. Yep. Um, the money comes out. And so when the guy, um, so after we got the, uh, the interest, interested party, we send all of our owner finance people through an RML process just yep. to make sure that they can make the payments or we're not putting somebody into a loan that they can't afford. 
um, but anyway, and then we use a loan servicing company. So he pays the loan servicing company and then they just send a check right to my IRA every oh, month. It's a beautiful thing. So Hands off, right? That is like an 800% interest. I mean, it's crazy, a return on investment. And so that money is just going in there. So now that $13,000 IRA um, has a value. I just looked it up a couple of days ago. So like cash value is like $19,000, but the actual value of the IRA is like, um, it's like 34,000, how they you know calculate it. Yeah, but over right. the course of the 15 years, uh, I will have made $90,000 on that IRA. Oh, because of interest. Yeah. That's so, amazing. And I drove by the house about um, maybe three or four months ago and they're fixing it up. It's so cute. They painted the outside. I have some great pictures of the, what the house looks like. Um, but yeah, they, they are taking care of it. And, you know, so we were able to give somebody a house that they were not going to be able to go to, yeah. you know, a mortgage company and they're making this very blighted property, you know, great. And part of the consideration when we sold them, they had to stay within the guidelines of the historic, like if you buy a house in a historic district, you can't just, you know, do whatever you want to with it. You have to stay within their guidelines and they're doing all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, guess who's I mean, not paying the property taxes? You're not. I'm not paying it. I'm collecting a check every month in my IRA. I'm not paying taxes right now, you know, so deferred taxes. Yep. And the other thing was I learned so much in this transaction. So first of all, the, you know, I, you go to uh, listen to podcasts, go to seminars and you hear about people buying, you know, using their IRA funds to buy real estate. Sure. And I thought, well, you know what, this is a good price point to try this at. And, um, we didn't spend the other thing is I didn't do a thing to the house, a thing. I took a broom and I cleaned it out, but actually for as old as the house was, it had been, there were no leaks, although it was all boarded up, but it was dry. You know, there was no uh, rot from water and that yep. kind of thing. Uh, it needed all, everything electrical. It didn't have AC. I mean, I think that year that the house was built was 1940 something. I mean, but still to find a $10,000 house in Dallas right? Fort Worth a year ago just seems crazy to me. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they're yeah. actually out there, but you know what happened then? So when you do owner financing, you should always, I mean, I'm a realtor, so I can put it on uh, the MLS, but you always put it on the MLS. So if you have to hire a realtor, you should do this because I just, guess what I did in that neighborhood? Hmm. I just raised the comps in that neighborhood. That's true. You're right. You know, because there were other, exactly. Because there were lot, other lots. So guess what? Then I start getting phone calls from wholesalers that have vacant lots over there for 25, 30,000. I'm like, Mm, yeah, no. Yeah. So, but they're out there. Yeah, that one was, um, and to buy it sight unseen. I mean, I figured for $10,000, that was unheard of for even for me. Yeah. And I'm used to buying houses around the hundred, hundred thousand. Yeah. Right. right. So <clears throat> I didn't amazing. even think twice. And you know, it kind of goes to show like, just make the offer. Cause you don't know. I mean, yeah. he said yes. And he was, he was ready. It was just a good timing thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm, because of my research of where the area was, I knew I wasn't going to pay a whole lot. I mean, I knew it was an old house. It, there was no, there, it couldn't really be a flip. And so I was only willing to put in $10,000. And the fact that he accepted it was just gravy. And, and you got that back. You got the 10,000 back in the down payment. You got it back. So I didn't, I'm not out anything. And guess what? If I have to foreclose, which right now they've not ever missed a payment or anything, but I'm going to get a house that, 
has been redone. They've already fixed the foundation. Oh, yeah. Literally, this house was falling in half. It was cracked, falling in half. And they've already fixed that. They've put a nice little fence around it. Um, they painted it. I mean, it is cute looking now. I, I don't know what all they've done in the inside. Um, but the bottom line is, is that even if I have to pay an attorney $2,500 to foreclose on it, I'm getting back an asset that's going to be worth more than $10,000. And I can just turn around and do it again. Do it again. Absolutely. Love, and so after I did this, I kind of fell into owner financing. So we, I love owner financing. Um, it's a great way to, um, well, you can make money on it, uh, creating notes and that kind of thing like we talked about. But I love the idea of affordable housing. So if you can take these houses and you can give people a chance to, they can do their own sweat equity sure. to get it back in, you know, it gives them an opportunity to, you well, know. And they're getting a write-off. That's the thing. They went from renters right? to having a mortgage. Even though you wrote the mortgage, they're still getting that huge tax deduction. Yes. It's huge for yes. them. So we've done about half a dozen more since then. And nice. so we've paid a 25,000. Now, now sometimes you have to go outside the city limits. So I've had to do that. Um, but there's a lot of um, houses out there that are not ever going to be sold on the MLS. And so if you can negotiate with the seller, there are people that want homes. You know, they'll drive 45 sure. minutes to get to Dallas. So yep. we, we have some properties um, that are about 45 minutes outside of Dallas. And we have not had a problem. I mean, when we put them up for sale, we get buyers um, within days. It days. just goes to show you how many people are out there right now that you don't realize are not approved for conventional financing or even subprime or, and you offer them something like that. Even if the term, the terms don't sound great. I mean, 10 or 20% yeah. down and 10% interest. And but, because we servicing company, it's reported to the credit bureau. So they have an opportunity to, oh yeah. uh, you know, increase their credit and show good payment history and all of that. Right. So it's a win-win totally. for everyone. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I love, I love a, a best deal ever where at the end of the day, you've profited. It's worked out good for them. You've raised the neighborhood values. I mean, all around, it's, it's a fantastic win, win, win for everyone. Oh, I know. And that's, that's why it's my best story because I, I felt good about it. I was able to help a seller, you know, sell a family home. And one of the things we talk to our sellers about is we, especially since I found this owner finance, a great negotiating tool. You know, there's tons of investors out there, but you know what I tell them, Hey, you know what? You had memories in that house. And what I want to do is buy that house from you at a fair price so that another family can start making their memories. There you go. Right. Absolutely. So it's ongoing. It's giving back. So yes, you're making money, but you're, you're so right. You're increasing the neighborhood. Uh, we're working with one. I know we're talking about the best deal ever. And if I get this one house, it will be the best deal ever. Um, but we go talk to neighbors. We'll find a house. And so I found a house. It's vacant. 10 years it's vacant. Uh, found the owner's son. And the family, the mom's in a nursing home. She has dementia. Very sad story. Um, and they, the, the children, the adult children, are almost convinced that the mom's going to come back home. So that was a year and a half ago. I found that house. About three months ago, he called me and it was, and he literally knew when he called me and he said, I'm ready for you to come and look at the house. And we broke into it. Um, you know, the mom just, it's just packed full of stuff and it's going to take them probably another six months to even figure out how to get all the stuff out of the house. But people are, when you find those kinds of homes, people are very attached, not only to the home, but to the things in the home. And it sure. takes them a while. You can't, you can't force them, you know, and be in a hurry investor. You know, you just kind of have to 
build that rapport with them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That is the, that is the trick, honestly, on the acquisition side. It's like you said, people sell to people that they know, like, and trust. It's Mm -hmm. all about rapport building at the beginning. And that's really what you can attribute. Probably the reason you got this house for 10,000 bucks, you built a rapport right there at the very beginning. He had other offers, other people had looked at it and look what you turned it into. And it's not like, you know, I have this, uh, you know, exciting piece of marketing material here, but our message was basically, you know, we're a husband and wife team and we buy houses here. So that's what we tell people. Yeah, that's awesome. I think they like that. Yeah, absolutely. Nancy, this was such a good best deal ever. I love the fact that it was an owner finance and it was a postcard deal and that you really, you made infinite returns on this. Oh, it's an yes. infinite return because you got your money back and then everything you've gotten since then is an infinite return, which is fantastic. Exactly. I love those yeah. types of deals. I love it. Love it. That's cool. Very cool. Well, thanks so much for being with us, Nancy. We appreciate uh-huh. it. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. Talk soon. All right, sit tight, you Deal Farm listeners. We've got more coming up in just a second. But for right now, I want you to do something for me. I want you to pick up your phone. Now, if you're driving, just wait till you get to the next stoplight. I want you to go to your Amazon app. I want you to type in Profit Like the Pros. You'll see my paperback book published by Bigger Pockets come up. Okay, now just hit the order button. See how easy that was? Here's the deal, in just two days, you're gonna be enjoying 25 amazing stories of seasoned investors sourcing and funding and profiting from all types of real estate investments. Okay, back to the show, except in this segment, we're gonna talk about the deals that didn't go so well. Hope you enjoy. Okay, Nancy, let's hear it. Talk to me about your worst deal ever. All right. So I guess when you uh, lose money, that's probably the worst deal ever, right? Usually, that's usually ah, And um, so I ended up, uh, it was a partnership. And um, as a real estate broker, uh, you know, there's certain things that we can and can't do, you know, yeah. and I am never going to make or not make repairs or pull permits or whatever, because Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I need to go to sleep knowing that the house that I sold somebody, whether I flip it or owner finance it is, is doesn't pose a a fire hazard or whatever to a family. So, um, I partnered and, um, you know, I just wrote an article for think realty about partnering. And I said, you know, it's not just about who's going to put in the money and who found the deal. It's about how you approach a flip and this happened to be a flip. Mm-hmm. So, um, not to say anything negative about my partner or anything. It's just that we weren't on the same page, you know, yeah, right. about what kind of contractor we needed and what work we were going to do. And should we put it on the MLS now? So anyway, number one, I bought a house sight unseen. Oh yep. my gosh. Don't ever do that. Right. And, <laughs> Except um, it was just your best deal ever. Was that <laughs> Oh yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but I did buy this house and, um, I, we got it from a wholesaler and I thought it was a three, two, two. So okay. my bad, you know, so then when I started running the numbers, but it was in a hot neighborhood and my plan was to actually do an owner finance, fix it up. I really, in, in the beginning I was going to do owner finance. So then I thought, okay, no problem or whatever. And then, and the pictures looked okay. So then I do go out and look at it and there were just things wrong with it that you just couldn't tell. It ended up having way more foundation, had plumbing issues. Um, The kitchen was a weird configuration. Like 
uh, there was no laundry area. It was just weird. So number one, I made a huge mistake by not doing my own due diligence. Right? Did you buy it before you had seen it or did you put it under contract? I did because what happened was as a wholesaler, you had a, you know, so my $5,000 was already gone. Oh, you're earnest. Um, yeah. 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 So then we said, okay, we had a renter in it and long story short, the renter, um, what we wanted to do is get the underlying mortgage, right? We use a hard money lender and because of the configuration in the neighborhood. And then we found out that the city, we bought the house and I'd never bought a house in this particular area. Yeah. Required rental registration and all kinds of permits. Oh, so no. it just wasn't looking good. And then the tenant moved out because they were paying 900 and the rents were 1600. So they couldn't afford that. So they moved out. So now we're like flipping it. So in the meantime, we have a private money lender who was a friend of mine and it just, the numbers were going south really, really quick. Now my friend, I said, Hey, no matter what, I would, she goes, well, you better pay me back. I said, you know what? I would rather take a bullet because when you use private money lenders, don't mess with them. Don't screw your private money lenders. So we finally got that house. Uh, oh, first we decided we weren't going to replace the carpet. And then on the pictures, you can actually see like the stains and then we paid to have it staged. So we were trying to do all these things to make it cut. We, we fixed the foundation, we fixed the plumbing. So now we're kind of out of budget because we, and then we found out the roof needed to be fit. I mean, it was just one thing after another. And you know what? My bad. I have no one to blame but myself for not doing my own due diligence. Um, anyway, what? so then we paid to have it staged. Then we had professional pictures taken. Then we threw it up on the MLS. And we finally, then we're in December. Well, you know what? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> not right, the maybe. best, not the best time to sell a house. We couldn't get the underlying mortgage to get our private money lender. So we ended up just selling it just we reduced the price just to get rid of it. So unfortunately, I didn't lose a ton of money, but I had to bring money to close. I had to bring like $2,000 to close it. You know, that's, that stinks. So it's it hurts, not horrible. But it's not the worst. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like, you know, because uh, we had borrowed like 130 but you know, then that doesn't count all the money that I'd spent on the property, right? Oh yeah, above and beyond, so, right, yeah. Yeah. So at the end, of, and it was so funny, the title company I use all the time, because I, I wasn't talking. Usually I'm really bubbly. I'm like so excited. He's like, you're not saying much. I was like, you know what? In 15 years, I've never had to bring money to the table and I'm not, I'm not feeling the love today. So yeah. that was probably from a, you know, like looking back, I had a lot going on. Then this is the other thing. When you're like a smaller investor, I had a ton of deals going on all at once. You know what I mean? And yep. sometimes you think you can do all of this. And what happens is you get sidetracked and you know, you should always do your due diligence. And I know this, I know this. Yeah. Um, but I had so many other projects going on that I just let it slip through the cracks. And yeah. so, and it costs, and you know, I'm fortunate it didn't cost me more than it did. Cause it could have been a whole lot more. And I think as a real estate broker, I had the, at least I had the advantage of sticking it on the MLS. I knew somebody would buy it, yeah. but it didn't like fly off the shelf either. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah, yeah. so many lessons in that. So that was my worst deal. That done, you <laughs> That's know? pretty, so. it's always painful, man, when you got to bring money to the table and potentially probably losing more than that. Cause you had some of your own money in it. But at the end of the day, bringing two to the table is not, it's not the worst. Not, but it's, and we were able to pay our private money lender back. They're even more um, important. Yep. You know, and the partner I had, you know, we had a good understanding because uh, some of the things that um, we were disagreeing about had to do with the repairs that we were making. So had we had that conversation ahead of time, we yep. probably would have. So there were, you know, and one thing with new real estate investors, I just want to say is like, you know, you get excited because you get the deal. Now here's somebody that's been 15 years and I was literally at a meeting and the wholesaler sent it to me and I knew it was a good deal. 
because I know so much. Right. And I was like, oh my gosh, we have to get this house like now. And that's what I did. I, I got, I just, I mean, I just did all the things that you tell new real estate investors not to do. Yeah. Trust me. I get it. <laughs> but I think you get a little cocky, right? You feel yep. like, oh, I get can do all this. Exactly. And yep. so um, it's a good wake up call. You know, yep. it could have yep. been worse. It could have been 20. Yep. Um, so it was, it was my worst deal in that I kind of, you know, I was a little mad at myself for doing things that I knew I shouldn't do, but it was also kind of a wake up call. Like, you know what? Yep. Get back to basics. Yep. Get back to basics. So it was a $2,000 lesson that could have been a yes. much more expensive lesson. So yes. that's a positive way to look at it. Yes, yes, yes. That's so, fantastic. Yeah. Now, Nancy, I think you had mentioned you'd written a book here recently. Is that right? I did. So, um, you know, I'm passionate about getting the word out about real estate and women real estate investors. Yeah. There's a lot of us out there. You go to conferences, you see men up there, you see very few women, yep. you know? So I just wanted to bring attention to women's real estate investors. So I bought, uh, wrote a book called Winning Deals and Heels. It has myself and nine other uh, gals from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Oh, cool. And the message is just, hey, you know what? If you want to get into this, you have to be consistent, persistent, and find a mentor. And you don't have to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a coaching program. You know, I run a couple meetups here myself. I do one called Invest Her Community. Cool. And it's geared towards women. Yep. And we run it like a mastermind. And it's to help you grow your real estate business. Um, when I first started out, I had a great mentor. And uh, she was able to help me not make huge financial. You, you're going to make mistakes, right? Yeah, right. But she really helped me uh, learn about rentals and that kind of thing. So um, I just love giving back that way. So the awesome. book is uh, just to kind of highlight, hey, that there's women real estate investors out here. The book started out the differences between women and men. But, you know, it's kind of like how to do your time management and you know, it's not H it's not all about HGTV. Um, you know, it's <laughs> but about not that there's anything wrong with HGTV. Yeah. 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 It's just <laughs> that, you know, if you're, uh, I meet a lot of gals that like, they love to design. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. designing's not really flipping, you know, you're I mean? exactly right. And finance, if you over design, yeah, you start losing exactly. money. Exactly. Yeah. So it was just a way for me to get the word out about, you know, Hey, if you're a woman and you want to get into this business, go for it. Yeah. You know, you just, uh, you know, sometimes women feel like they don't have the support they need. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of women real estate investors. I love it. There. That's awesome. And then, and yeah. the name of the book again is winning deals and heels, winning deals and heels. That's awesome. Such a yeah. great name. Nancy, <laughs> that's fantastic. I guess if folks want to look into, into buying the book, I'm assuming it's on Amazon. It is on Amazon bestseller on Amazon. Hey, so, there you go. And Hey, if you guys like the book, please write me a review. Awesome. Uh, it, it has it on the Kindle uh, version, but yes, amazon.com. They can also find it by just Googling winning deals and heels. So it'll take them right to the site about the book and whatnot. Um, yeah. So pick up a coffee and Hey guys, buy it for your girlfriend, Ooh, daughters, you wives, you know, Christmas yep. around the corner. Great stocking stuffer. Yeah. And Part of the proceeds are donated to Hope's Door here in Plano, Texas, which is oh, a nonprofit cool. that helps families heal from domestic violence. Awesome. Nancy, this yeah. is fantastic. Thanks so much yeah. for sharing your uh, worst deal with You're us. We welcome. appreciate it. All right, Perfect. talk soon. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, Deal Farm listeners. If you haven't heard, I just recently released a book through Bigger Pockets Publishing called Profit Like the Pros. If you dig the Best Deal Ever podcasts, you will definitely want to get your hands on this book. 
I take 25 stories from some of the top investors in the country and distill them down into 25 separate chapters that will not only entertain you, but educate and inspire you in all different facets of real estate investing. From wholesaling and flipping to self-storage, multifamily and commercial, we get into the details of short sales, subject twos, and even land flipping. And whether you're a brand new investor or you have years of experience under your belt, I promise you this book will engage you. If you would, take a minute, go to Amazon and order this book, Profit Like the Pros. And if you like it, please leave us a review. Thanks so much, folks, and I will see you on the next episode of The Deal Farm.